My, 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 my. Can somebody just say this? Say, my, 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 my. I want to do just a few moments of teaching and we're wrapping our time up together today. And I let you sit down so you can just catch your breath. Now that you've caught your breath, stand up one more time. Let's read this passage. Luke chapter 4. First four verses. Listen to this. We're following in Jesus' footsteps during the next 40 days. Then Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, as he has filled us here today, returned from the Jordan River. This is after his baptism. He was led by the Spirit in the wilderness, where he was tempted by the devil for 40 days. Jesus ate nothing all that time and became very hungry. Everybody shout, very hungry. Lord, bless this teaching in Jesus' name. Amen. Please be seated. We are inviting everybody who's connected to NBCC, family and friends and neighbors, to join us in this season of prayer and fasting. Everybody shout, and fasting. And I want to spend a little time just talking about why the and fasting. What's important about it? First of all, it's important to note that fasting itself uh, is... In its original context, people gave up food. Today, at the end of the day, it's about giving up stuff that you are passionate about, that you love. As you, and I'll tell you why you do that in just a moment, but you give that stuff up. You fast it. Because ultimately, you want an encounter with God that will transform your life. Now, let's say you fast for the next 40 days and nothing happens Supernaturally, what do you have to lose? Some weight? (laughs) Or maybe you missed the last 18 games of the Warriors? Or maybe you will miss seeing Steph Curry come back after being gone for so many months and play. Oh, I'm sorry, I'm talking about my own pain, forgive me. This text begins by suggesting to us that it is the Holy Spirit that leads Jesus into the wilderness to fast, not just for uh, four days or four hours, but for 40 days. One has to ask the question, why? Why would the Spirit lead Jesus to do this? And and the answer is really quickly, first of all, uh, is about Uh, clearing out distractions for 40 days. Jesus won't be fishing. He will not be doing any carpentry work. He will not be engaging what will be his ultimate disciples. He will be doing no ministry. He is simply eliminating distractions. And when you eliminate distractions, being out there in the woods, really, for 40 days all by yourself, when you eliminate distractions, then you can be single-minded and single-focused and wholehearted Seeking an encounter with God's love and wisdom. Shout single focus. Jeremiah says, and you will pray. And you will call on me. And you will find me when you seek me with your whole heart. Fasting allows us to begin to seek God 
with our whole heart. And secondly, as he clears out the space, uh, not only does Jesus become single-minded, but he also uh, opens up space. He moves things out of the way so that he actually can actively seek God. That, 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 that my family and I, were, we're now watching TV. We've pushed back the, all the stuff that have, has carbs in it. And what they've done is that just opened up a number of hours that we can now lean in and really seek the mind of God about what he has for us going forward and his power and his love. Shout fasting. Fasting. The other thing I want to point out, and it's in Luke 4.13. Watch this is that in fasting, God, listen now, simulates the battles that we will have to fight and win when the fast is over. Simulates. Let me point it out here. It says, when the devil had finished tempting, it's reminding us that, that, that the devil met Jesus in that time, especially at the point when he was really hungry, and he, attempt, he, he, he drove through at least three temptations, and, and, and when all that was over, the text says he left Jesus until the next opportunity came. So in other words, the battles that Jesus fought in that uh, wilderness will be battles that he will have to fight on the other side of the fast. Now, when the devil showed up, I don't think that he had a long tail of the pitchfork. I, 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 I think that, that, that when Jesus found himself doing battle with the, with the enemy, the battlefield, I believe, was really his mind and in his thoughts. The same battlefield that you and I have. And when we, in fasting, shout fasting, in fasting we confront those battles. And the first battle we confront in fasting are the issues that we are insecure about. The issues that we have questions about. Our uncertainties. Everybody shout uncertainties. Our uncertainties. Notice that in verse Three and nine, when the enemy tempts Jesus, he starts with the word if. Everybody say if. If you're the son of God, make these stones bread. If. He's trying to tap into Jesus' uncertainty. He's saying, essentially, now Jesus, you're going to leave out of here and and profess that you're the son of God. Let me just tell you, the world is going to laugh at you. They're going to think that you're really crazy when you say I'm fully God and I'm fully human. I mean, really, you're going to have to prove it to them. And so why don't you prove it to me first right now? Prove it. Shout uncertainties. He's saying to Jesus, I really believe he's saying to Jesus, look, uh, 30 years ago, you transitioned from eternity to time when you were born as flesh and blood. I don't even think you remember being in eternity. As a matter of fact, are you sure it wasn't a figment of your imagination? As a matter of fact, uh, uh, did you just conjure it up? Shout uncertainties. In fasting with God, we confront our uncertainties. We should write them down. We should talk them out with God. We should confess them. Uncertainty that caused by this virus. We're uncertain about our purpose in God. We're uncertain uh, about our career choices. We're uncertain about the person that we think we've fallen in love with. We're, we're, we're uncertain. We surface those. Because that's the space of battle where God wants to give you clarity. Secondly, in fasting with God, 
we confront our temptations. Everybody shout temptations. 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 I mean, temptations. Temptation is passing by a nice piece of chocolate cake right now. Temptation. Temptation is refusing to turn on the TV when you know the Warriors is playing because you're watching their schedule. And, and yet, remember that the, the, the battle of temptation in fasting is really an assimilation. It's, it's really a replicate, if you will, on a smaller level of the battles of temptation we will have to fight when the fast is over. Amen. Notice all three encounters with, with, with Satan, they are tempting. In the first encounter, verse 3, he says, uh, you know, turn this stone into bread. And, and what he's really tempting Jesus to do is to, is to misuse your power and authority for selfish purposes. Right. Yep. Is anybody here tempted to misuse your power for selfish purposes? That's what Harvey Weinstein did. And the second temptation, he says uh, in, in uh, verse 9, he takes Jesus up on the tip top of the temple. And he says, Satan says, the word says, if you throw yourself down, angels will catch you. He says, just throw yourself down. And he's really, in that moment, he's tempting Jesus. Uh, on the one hand, just commit suicide, right? And, and there are some people here, you thought about committing suicide. You, life is so bleak and depressed. And yet, God declares to you, don't do it. It's a trap. It's a trick. It's a lie. You can survive. It's the temptation of quitting on your dreams and quitting on your great visions because it's just too hard. It's the temptation. I like this. It's the temptation to be spiritually, to be highly irresponsible in the name of spirituality. Throw yourself down, he says, and the angels will catch you. Didn't the word say that? The devil is saying now, let me give you an example. Here's what I'm saying. You've heard people say this. I'm not going to go before my time. And, and, and they say that to give themselves license to be totally irresponsible with their lives. Well, God is not going to take you before your time. Let me tell you something. That's baloney. That's a theological word. Let's, I'm going to teach it to all. Everybody say baloney. Baloney. Because if you leave here and go to New York and climb up on the tallest skyscraper, Chicago and climb up on the tallest building and jump, I promise you, God will take you before your time. (laughs) And here's 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 what Jesus responds with the word. He says, but it is also written, verse 12, that thou shalt not test the Lord your God. Let me translate what he was really saying. It is also written, that thou shalt not test the Lord your God with your stupidity. <laughs> That's your second theological word. <laughs> and then lastly, he takes Jesus, verse 7, into the, shows him all the kingdoms in a moment. And then he says, I've got power to give all this to you. He says, he says I'll give it all to you. If you simply bow down right now and worship me, trade me 
your soul for the dreams you want. I'll give you a shortcut right now. Oh my goodness. I just want to tell you, some of you are tempted to take shortcuts right now. But can I tell you, there's no shortcut to your destiny. There's no shortcut to your dreams. There's no shortcut that the road paid for your destiny is paid with hard work, with pain, with suffering, with some ups, with some downs. And all of that is part of your development so that when you get to your dream, you can stay there. Shortcuts will cut you short. How many tempted right now to take shortcuts to love? Shortcut to your career. Shortcuts. And then lastly, as we end, as we end fasting, pray and fast. Everybody shout, and fast. Because with God, in fasting, we confront suffering. Suffering. The first three or four days eating no carbs is not too bad. But get to day 12. Can somebody say suffering? Suffering. And, and, and some unthinking person will bring some seized candy and start passing it out all around you and say, Oh, pastor, you want some suffering? And yet, it is a, a, a simulation, if you will, of the real battles of suffering that will await you when fasting is over. Some of you have been, uh, your faith has been kind of dislodged by the, the virus, but, but, but if you track Jesus, he ends up going on a cross. And one of the reasons he ends up on the cross crying out, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken you? It's to, it's to remind us, come on now, that there is no walking through life, broken life, without dealing with suffering. But when we deal with suffering, come on now, he's with us. And the good news is he died. Come on now. Third day, got up with all power. I heard somebody say, resurrection is a thing that happened once you've experienced the worst thing you can experience. Paul says, if you suffer with him, you will rise with him. You will reign with him. There will be suffering, guys. But the Jesus we're talking about has the last word. If you trust him. So I'm finished. You know, the text ends with, uh, I think it's Mark 4, 13, I believe it is. It says that, that, that there he is in the, in the wilderness and he's surrounded by the wolves and the animals, which represents the suffering. And, 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 and of course, the writer has already said he's hungry, which represents the suffering. And then the text says, but, his, but the angels come and they took care of him. Part of what you're looking for in this time of fasting is a supernatural encounter with God that will be so palatable, that will be so powerful that when, when the fast is over and you're in the midst of some real suffering that, 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 that your experience with God previously will inform you and empower you with the knowledge He's with me and He's going to make me an overcomer. Shout overcomer. He's going to care for me. And then lastly, it says, verse 14 of Luke 3, it says, Jesus, when it's all over, he walks out in power. 
There's so much power in the power of the Holy Spirit that his reputation just shoots all over the place. You know what, what he's saying? Everybody shout power. What he's saying is that, 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 that the Father has empowered him with a clarity of mind as he comes out. And he's clear about where he's going. He's clear about his purposes. And he starts picking his disciples. And, and he decides where he's going to launch the ministry. That he's empowered with clarity of mind. He's empowered, come on now, with a, with, with a, with a proportion of God's power through his spirit that will help him to walk through the challenges that he will face and so he's not afraid he jumps right into his next season and God explodes it if you want an exploding next season take time to pray and what pray and fast for God is waiting to empower you somebody say amen Give God a hand, praise.